came with my troubles Too heavy to hold Too wide for these shoulders All alone I sat in a chair there They were lined up in rows I listened to the Hey everybody, this is Chrissy with RecoverySpeakers.com And we have today Dr. Callie Estes um, CEO, owner, and executive director of the Addictions Coach. Um, how are you doing today, Callie? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. Um, so would you like to tell us a little bit about uh, what got you into um, recovery coaching, addiction coaching, and um, about your firm? Sure. So I started off as a therapist about 25 years ago uh-huh. doing addiction therapy, specifically, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, and noticed that I would have long-term clients, you know, up to a year, and they didn't seem to make a whole lot of progress. Mm -hmm. So I started looking for other modalities, and I got trained in life coaching. And I noticed when I employed the tools that I learned in life coaching with my addictions clients, I started to see forward progress that was quick, and it was Mm -hmm. intensive. And my clients, as I would say, would fire me after six months because they were doing so well. Uh, <laughs> so I sort of started to meld the two, and this is way before there was, you know, any kind of training in recovery coaching, and mm-hmm. I started working together with the tools I had with my um, clinical background in psychology and then life coaching, and I started to see real results. Beautiful. That is so incredible. Um I, you know, just as a person in recovery myself, I found that, I mean, I tried talk therapy a lot, like traditional therapies, and nothing worked as well as, you know, um, just somebody who had empathy, I think, compassion. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just a big, it was, it made the biggest difference. Um, so what does, like, um, what do you offer in your coaching? Like what would be like a, a package deal that somebody could get if they came to you with an addiction? So I offer a couple of different things. I mm-hmm. do recovery coaching hourly by phone and Skype, which is very easy for a lot of clients to hop on and have a call. Mm-hmm. I also offer sober companions if they want more intensive. And then I have a signature program called Sober on Demand where uh-huh. I bring the concept of treatment to them wherever they are. And it can be in home, it can be on a tour bus, hotel, office. And I come and I do anywhere from four to ten days where I'm there for an entire day doing intensive. So five to eight hours a day of coaching. And we call it a deep dive. And we get into their history of their life and their stopping points and what some of the issues are and what their coping skills are. Mm-hmm. And it helps them see everything. And it's like a, like a jump start, if you will to right. kind of move into the next phase. And then we offer hourly support after that that they can call in and, and kind of move forward with. Fantastic. And I really like everything that you address here because I think addiction is so much bigger than drugs and alcohol. But you have eating disorders, sex addiction, gambling. Um, and I think that's, that's amazing because addiction to me is like all-encompassing. Like I've had all of those addictions, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um just in myself, like it, it manifested itself in, in several different ways. But um, I just really like that you address all of that. That's yeah, it really is all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't address the full gamut of stuff because once you 
you know, once you have an addiction, you always have an addiction. Right. And it just what are you trading it for? So people mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, well, I'm not using alcohol. And I'll say, yeah, but you're eating Skittles and Pop-Tarts and cake and pizza, and now you're addicted to sugar. And they're right. like, oh, really? Well, yeah, <laughs> you traded sugar for alcohol. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Right. So that's that's fascinating. I also see that you're um, an author. I'm, I'm definitely going to get this. I married a junkie because I did. And then I became one, but <laughs> so I think that's fantastic. What um, when you can you tell us a little bit about that book? Sure. So my background, my drug of choice was food and sugar, uh-huh. and I got addicted to diet pills uh, back mm-hmm. in the day because I didn't meet criteria for the DSM for substance use. Right. So I got into this, but I didn't understand myself. Mm-hmm. And then the person I married, my husband, uh, he had a. I wouldn't say a problem with cocaine, but he would dabble in it. And it wasn't mm-hmm. an issue. It wasn't, you know, a mat problem to marriage. And we were married for a couple of years. And all of a sudden, he ended up with a heroin addiction. And wow. number one, he was never a downer guy. So we'd go out. You know, you have a beer here or there. It wasn't a problem. And all of a sudden, he's spending $120 a day on heroin and gets our BMW carjacked. And I had wow. no idea. For almost six months, he was even using so I kind of got some backlash online and people said, you know, how could she be a good coach and a good therapist if her husband's doing drugs, you know, in the house? And she didn't know. Right. And one of my haters wrote, um, she married a junkie. Her husband's mm-hmm. just a junkie. And I went, what a great title for a book. I married a junkie. And when my husband got sober, we sat down and said, let's tell our story. Let's tell everybody how we did it as a team. And how I put up with you as a wife, you know, going through the process of, of all of it. So that's our, that's our story. That is, that's awesome. I love that, you know, like the triumph of the ending. I love that y'all are still, are y'all still together? Like, I think that's We're fantastic. We're still together, yeah. Wonderful. A lot, of, a lot of people are like, how did you do it? You must have been a saint. And I was like, well, I kind of, you know, I just threw everything I had at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was there like a catalyst to, to his wanting to get um, into recovery or? Yeah. So he had tried a couple times and uh-huh. he kept saying, I didn't realize how addictive this drug is. Cause you know, when you want to quit cocaine, he's like, I just quit. I said, right. I'm done. And I didn't have any physical symptoms. You know, I was tired for three days and then I was fine. Right. But you know, he said, this was horrendous because I have, you know, all of the physical issues. So, I created a supplement line um, called Pro Recovery RX that actually works with addicted brain, the addicted brain. And I got him on the box for heroin that we created. Mm-hmm. And he started to feel better. He's like, I feel better because I don't have, you know, the cravings. I don't have the leftover residual brain fog. I don't have the restless leg syndrome. And as he started to feel oh. better, he said, you mm-hmm. know, I really think I, I can come off this. And then we did a taper with um, – Buprenorphine to boxes, mm-hmm. and once he was done, he's like, "I don't want to go back on this." And of course, the the, the, doc, the sub doctor was like, "Well, <laughs> we're going to up your dose." And he's like, "I'm almost off. Like I'm down to two milligrams. Why would I up my dose?" Right. And he goes, "I'm just going to do it. I'm going to jump." And I'm like, "Oh God!" Because you jump from two to zero, yeah, you're going right. to feel a little weird. And he did it, and because of the supplements, he didn't feel bad. And he says, "I don't feel bad. I feel okay." You know, now it's just emotional. Now it's, I, you know, the drug is my emotional attachment. And right. then he had a sober coach, a sober companion, 
I'm sorry, sober coach, not sober companion, that helped him through the emotional side and mm-hmm. said, you know, you're going to have cravings and you're going to have triggers and you're going to have these things. Right. Um, but you asked me what was the impetus. The impetus was me telling him I want a divorce. Wow. I'm done. And I handed him divorce papers. So that's what got him going. But then we had to come up with a, with a plan that would work because nothing had worked to that point. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. Wow. And I, I just feel for you in that story, you know, I, I was in that situation and um, married somebody and I got clean and then it was just, it was like this roller coaster ride, you know, and you want to help, but there's like such a fine line between helping and enabling and, mm-hmm. and it was, it was hard to define really, it, it got hard to define who, who I was, who I was because I didn't recognize myself at the very end of it. You know, I was always angry and um, just just a different person. And I didn't really like how the marriage had like, and not the marriage, but, you know, my reaction to his actions had made me into this different person. So mm-hmm. the fact, I just was saying the fact that y'all are together, I think that is phenomenal. That is amazing. Um, yeah, so it, it was tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, so you have another book. I'm looking here, The Seven Principles to Tap into the Wealth Inside of You. How fantastic. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So <laughs> that came about because one thing I started doing with my clients is I do a lot of high-profile, high-functioning clients. Right. And the first thing they come to me for is they say, I've been to Betty Ford, I've been to Passages, I've been to Michael's right. house, uh-huh. and it doesn't work. What am I doing wrong? And I always say the issue with treatment is they address your drug issue or your alcohol issue as a problem. That's right. not your problem. That's your solution. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what's your problem? And they stop and they go, wow, that's a totally different way of looking at it. So as wow. we start to go through the process, they realize they don't know what their purpose in life is or mm-hmm. they have limiting belief systems from childhood that hold them back right. or they're afraid to make money. They're afraid of success. So they continually stonewall their success when they don't have a roadmap. They go, I don't know. I just figured I would figure it out. And here I am 45 and I haven't figured it out. I've been medicated. So right. I started to put those things together in a book and I came up with the seven keys. Because these mm-hmm. are the seven things I teach my clients. Once you're sober, now what? And right. they work. So I put them together in a book. It'll be out January one. Um, for purchase, and it's all about utilizing what you have inside you to get to the next level and overcoming any obstacles you might face. Fantastic. Um, and you, there's a video series as well. Is that is the video series already out that people could, like, preview the book a little bit, or is that going to be out January 1st as well? That'll be out right behind the book, so it'll be a video awesome. series that goes mm-hmm. with each chapter. So they can buy the book, they can buy the video series um, to help them kind of move uh-huh. along in that process. Wow. I love that. I love a good video because sometimes I'm a lazy reader. <laughs> <laughs> a video is always good. Um, so I was just going to mention your, your website here, theaddictionscoach.com. Um, and so you have, uh, I'm just looking here, you have a scholarship bed available under your detox and treatment links um what would somebody do or what's the qualifications that somebody would have to meet to get a scholarship bed because i know a lot of um well a lot of people in 
wanting recovery, sometimes that barrier is price of treatment. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the board of 10,000 beds, and mm -hmm. they do scholarship beds, but they do it very different, and I like what they do. Instead of just uh -huh. saying, okay, you're ready, here's a bed, right. they make them fill out an application process, and they actually mm -hmm. do an interview and qualify them with one of the beds that have been donated by several hundred treatment centers, and wow. then they do the placement. So Jean Kissel is the founder and director there, and if they click on that link, they'll go, it'll go right to her page, and they can fill out the application there, and then she'll take it from there. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. I love that. So is that a 501c3? Is that a nonprofit? It is. Yep. 10,000 beds? I had never heard of it before, but it, like, what a great cause. I think that's fantastic. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that you're involved in that's, you know, not listed? Um, well, I do have the largest online trading program for addiction studies in the world. Uh -huh. So I had people start asking me how I'm doing this, how I'm coaching and what I'm doing. Right. And I started to create a recovery coach certification about eight years ago. Uh -huh. And it went national and now it's international. And then we created an interventionist um, certification. And now we have 30 classes. So we have training and wow. certification, harm reduction coaching, internet and social media addiction, shopping addiction, mm -hmm. sex addiction, um, how to eat in recovery, brain right. health, which no one's talking about. We have a whole course in that. We have a fitness course. And then we have a whole section of courses for treatment centers, how to be ethical, how to market, how to have a call center, how to do an AMA block training. So that sort of been pretty busy. It takes up a lot of my time. I can imagine. I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> active in it. So we're in uh, 25 countries. We have 30 classes. We have 25 mm -hmm. instructors all over the world, and we've trained 10,000 people. So that's been fun. That is amazing. I'm, I'm just looking at the, the classes that you offer, relapse prevention training. That is very neat. Relationship, marriage, and divorce coaching. How? This is fantastic. Yeah. We try that's to have everything. Nice. And the, the yeah. goal is that it, if you're a therapist, you want to add tools to your practice. Uh -huh. If you are learning and saying, you know, I want to be a coach, and you study the drug and alcohol first, that's great. But there are so many other addictions out there, even right. food addiction. We have a great mm -hmm. class for that because nobody talks about the other stuff. It's okay, come off of heroin, come off of alcohol, but right. now you're shopping on Amazon. Or now right. you're, you Or know, you're in 10,000 relationships or... Exactly. Right. And mm -hmm. people say, well, I'm sober. Yeah, okay, but <laughs> mm -hmm. right. this bad behavior over here. <laughs> I, and I really relate to that. When I first got clean and I was in treatment, I was absolutely addicted to McDonald's. I would go and get a double cheeseburger and a large fry and a large sweet tea every single day, sometimes twice a day, just without fail. I, I don't know. I just, I was literally, I was addicted to it and I felt better after I ate, but you know what I mean? I, I got that same kind of feeling, that same rush I was looking for. So I can definitely relate to that. And don't get me started on the chemicals in fast food. They're designed. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, it has dopamine yeah, in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. got so much They're garbage cheese. in it. So it, much garbage. It, it, it increases your serotonin and dopamine and then mm -hmm. also increases the morphine production in your body. Mm -hmm. So you feel 
what we call stasia. You feel happy. You feel relaxed. You're like, oh, my God, that was so amazing. And then you go, oh, my goodness, I'm so tired. I'm going to have a nap. And right. food should not make you sleepy. Food should give you energy. So if you eat something and feel sleepy, I tell people, don't eat that. <laughs> That's right. not food. Um, I, in my recovery, you know, I, I became a vegetarian. I did a, a more plant-based diet. And um, the very first time I did it, I was astounded at how much energy I had after I ate. I was eating dinner and really wanting to go to bed at, like, 7. Mm-hmm. And I was I was just so tired. I'm not saying like meat is you know bad or anything like that. Just like for me personally, when I changed my diet, my depression lifted. Um, and now I did eat a lot more, but I was just eating a lot healthier. So yeah, and I quit sugar and gluten. I quit sugar oh. back when I was in my twenties because that uh-huh. was my trigger. Right. As soon as I would have a piece of of pie or cake, I'd eat the whole thing. And right. then I would eat something else to the point of where I'm vomiting, and then I feel fat. Then I just take a diet pill. It's like, oh, right. this is awesome. I can lose weight and eat garbage. So, yeah, I had to give that up. And then I didn't realize until I was in my 30s that white flour mm-hmm. was a trigger. And then when I gave right. up the white flour, bam, no trigger. It's amazing. Wow. You know, I did, I did gluten-free for, for a little bit, and I remember feeling just so fantastic. Um, I gave it up. <laughs> I don't know why I went back. <laughs> but ever, you know, I actually woke up today and I'm like, you know what? It's time for a new change. This is what I do to like inspire me in my recovery. I have to constantly, you know, reach for more, do better. Like, okay, now I'm going to give up sugar. And I was thinking that earlier today. So I think I'm, I think this is just confirmation for me. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. I have and all sugar my is, students do it uh-huh. in the class when I teach the coaching right. class. Uh-huh. And they have no idea they're going to do it. So about an hour into the class, I'll say, okay, <laughs> we're going to go sugar-free for 24 hours. And usually I get these strange death stares of, you want me to do what? <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, looking up, like, everything that you can't have, you know, and it's like everything has sugar in it. So mm-hmm. basically I can't eat anything processed. I'm going to basically be eating, like, carrot sticks, which is fine, and rice, not wait, brown rice. So. But now right? you're going to hate me. Carrots? Have the highest sugar vegetable next to tomato. No, should not be like yes. <laughs> <laughs> and rice uh, will metastasize uh-huh. as sugar as if you're sugar not careful. Gluten. Mm-hmm. Well, so, there goes that cauliflower. You can have all the cauliflower you want. Woo. You can have anything green. The pink green. Okay. Um, your big sugars are tomatoes, bananas, grapes, and carrots. Those are your four that are real high in sugar. With okay. natural sugar. If you banana. eat them, balance. So if you have a banana, put peanut butter on it. Okay. And real peanut butter, not jiffy. One of these days right. I'm going to get sued by all these companies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> put a natural, like no, like, like a truly natural organic peanut butter or cashew butter. Right. And that will balance out the sugar in the banana or mm-hmm. put cinnamon on it. And it will balance out the sugar in the banana and you feel fantastic. Fantastic. I love that. My favorite thing just about life right now is this newfound ability to want to be healthy. Like I used to not just, just, I guess I just didn't have the energy or self-love really, self-worth to say like, hey, you deserve to eat well and to be happy and to, you know, put good things into your body. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was 
using it, but it just never crossed my mind that I was worth that, you know, it was worth the effort that it yeah. takes. But That happens a lot for people when they're using, and then when right. they get sober, they're like, oh, my goodness, what do I do? You know, right. how, do I, how do I go from either not eating or eating garbage now to eating healthy? Mm-hmm. And it's tough. It's tough for them to get back on track. I know when my husband gave up heroin, he's like, I want sugar all the time. I said, no, no sugar. That's my right. trigger. You can't have sugar in the house. I don't care. <laughs> no. Right. So um, it, it was tough. It was tough for him to get through that and tough to get mm-hmm. through the cravings. And then once they're gone, you feel fantastic. It's just getting there. That's tough. Right. Right. Um, yeah, this year I gave up caffeine, which is, you know, like the somebody in recovery that's like your lifeline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gave up caffeine and nicotine. And um, I feel fantastic. I have to say that first week was, whew, that was a doozy. But, um, you know, after you get, you, you're so right, after those, that, the desire for it lifts, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you feel like you can do anything and conquer the world. You know, and I did, yeah. it's funny because I didn't feel that way when I gave up drugs, but when I gave up <laughs> caffeine and cigarettes, <laughs> I was like, I can do, I can fly. I think I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you also have um, failure to launch. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's a failure to launch syndrome. Can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. So as I'm doing the coaching for addiction, mm-hmm. I started to notice a trend in the younger generation. So the 18 to 25 year olds, it wasn't just addiction to marijuana, addiction to gaming, addiction to alcohol. It was a secondary piece where there really was no sort of aspirations for life. Right. So I started asking, you know, that population that I'm working with, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And most people are like, well, you know, I really want to be an astronaut or something or anything. And right. their answer was always, I don't know. And I said, but you could be anything. What do you want to do? I don't know. And then it was, I'm exhausted. They're, you know, 18, 19 years old. I'm like, what are you exhausted from? You haven't done right. anything yet. And <laughs> there was this, like, overwhelming anxiety. Like, life just gives them anxiety. And I have an assistant. He's 30 now. But back, you know, when I first started this, he was 22. And he would always talk about just being so anxious. And I said, why are you so anxious? And he goes, you don't understand how life is just causing so much anxiety. And I noticed the difference between him and myself and my generation. I'm Gen X. Growing mm-hmm. up was the phone. And everything for yep. them is immediate need. And everything is perfection. Every selfie has to be fun and perfect. Everything is this big persona. So yes. I started getting more and more of these kids. And I said, we have to develop a program that works with this population. Because some have addiction and some don't. They all have this, like, failure to launch. And then mom and dad, my generation, and mm-hmm. above, the boomers, come in and swoop down and fix everything for them. You know, they're having a bad day. Oh, I'll take care of it. They need 20 bucks. Oh, here's 100. You need a car. Here you go. I'll pay for your apartment. They're doing all this stuff, and the kids aren't, they're not figuring out their lives. They're just not. Right. So we created a program called Six Failure to Watch. Mm-hmm. And it's a six-week program. We either do it three hours a day, five days a week for six weeks, or nine hours a week, depending on the severity of the client. And we come to the client where they're in their home, in their space, every single day. And wow. while the client's working with the coach, 
we have another person who's a family coach working with the family on how to hold boundaries and stop paying for everything and stop helicopter parenting and snowplow parenting and coming in and fixing everything. The child has to fail. If right. the child doesn't fail, the child won't learn. Mm-hmm. And because they're not learning, they're bored and they're content and they're anxious. You know, they wouldn't be right. anxious if they had activities to do all day long and they had things to do and uh, requirements and obligations because they would be doing them. So right. it's a big program, and we've had about a 99% success rate with it so far. Fantastic. That's incredible. Yeah. That is so incredible. You know, I noticed some of these, like talking about parenting, I, I noticed just some – unhealthiness within my own parenting that I, I, I'm glad is being like addressed here, you know, especially the wanting to fix everything for my kids, you know, because I realized I was parenting out of guilt because I hadn't been there. You know, I have a nine-year-old and I'm celebrating five years clean. So I just celebrated five years. So, um, you know, for a portion of her life, I wasn't the parent I should have been, could have been, you know, um, mm-hmm. So I just love that, and I, I just noticed, like, you know, after that, after recovery, I was parenting a lot out of guilt, you know, just giving in to everything kind of thing, you know, and, um, you know, for the past two years, I, I just, I do the hard things, you know, do what's hard now and life is easy kind of yeah. motto is in my head, you know, and I, I think that's great, you know, that that this is addressed. Yeah, well, first, congratulations on five years. That's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, I inherited my husband's back then Uh 16-year-old, and now he's 26, and my husband was helicopter parenting. And it was, well, you know, Nick needs a car, so we bought him a car. And the rule was he was going to pay for it. Well, five years later, he never made a payment. I paid the whole car. Right. And it was, he needs a place to live. Well, help with rent. Well, that turned into us paying his rent. And he doesn't right. want a roommate. He wants a house. And everything he wanted, my husband gave him. And finally I said, what's he doing? He dropped out of college. He's not working. He's sitting at home playing video games. I'm done. And my husband right. was like, what are you going to do? And I said, well, he's not answering his phone. He's not responding to me. I'm going to shut off his Internet. He plays game, video games. Guess what's going to happen? He's going to call me. And my husband panicked. He's like, oh, my God, you can't do that. <laughs> yes, I can. And here we go. So right. I did it, and he called me, and he said, well, I have internet. And I'm like, and you have no job. Job, internet. No job, no internet. That's it. And right. I had a meltdown and, you know, crying, carried on like a five-year-old. My, I told my line, and I said, no. And he laid around and said, well, I'm not getting a job. And I said, well, the electric's going to go next, and you're in Colorado in January. You're going to freeze to death. Get a right. job. So then he got a job. But it was that forcing of the, the hand to get out there and get going Right. That a lot of these kids just they need it. They need the parenting. They do. Bravo for you for doing that. That's that's amazing. That must and and you know it's it's hard to do those things. You know I I know with my own kids I I have to and I'm a single mom but I have to be kind of everything. You know what I mean? I'm, um, and I don't want to. I I. I my past parenting, I did everything easy, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, my kids are, like, yelling at me and, like, treating me disrespectfully. And I was like, well, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's good that that happened because it really woke me up to to my parenting. And, 
you know, they're my kids. I, I'm raising them. I, I You teach people how to treat you, especially your children. If they can take an inch, oh, my gosh, they'll take you for a mile. I borrowed my sister's two kids. Uh-huh. Um, she had an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. And I was listening to her on the phone, and there's, like, yelling in the background. I said, let me see these kids for, for the weekend. So I had them. And she said, whatever you do, do not take them to Target. And I said, why? And she goes, because they're horrible. So I went to Target, <laughs> and I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, and I'm going around, and they're doing their thing, and it's, they started to have a meltdown, the six-year-old. She's having a meltdown. Uh-huh. She wants this toy. I said, no. And, she, and, I, and I don't have little kids. I've never parented little kids. And she mm-hmm. goes, well, I want this toy. And she throws the toy on the ground, and she smashes it. And now she's having full-on temper tantrums. Right. And I just stopped what I was doing, and I looked at her, and I thought, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> and I just, I just raised my hands and screamed louder than her and threw myself on the floor. And you should have seen her. She looked terrified. And she just stopped. <laughs> and I said, well, if you can do it, I can do it. And she goes, she puts her hands on her hips. She's six years old. And she goes, you're embarrassing me. And just looked at me. And I'm trying not to laugh. I'm like, this is hilarious. So I looked at her and I said, really? I can do it again. She goes, oh, please don't. She goes, this? is unacceptable, young lady, which is what her mother says to her. She's parenting me. And I right. said, but I'll make you a deal. You don't do this, and I will do it. She goes, okay, fine. The rest of the weekend, she was good as gold. Her mother says to me, she said, what did you do? I'm like, I just made louder than her. I embarrassed her. And she goes, did it work? I said, oh, yeah. Now when I have them, good as gold, because they know Aunt Callie is going to make a mess out of us. We're gonna, she's going to embarrass us worse than, than we do anywhere in the store, and now they're, they're good as gold. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that with my kids. i got to do that. I'm going to, but I, I have no shame anymore, so they don't want to try me. <laughs> um. Well, Callie, it is like an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. Um, I feel like I've learned so much. Um, I feel like I have kind of got you for a coaching session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or, um, you know, where can our listeners find you? So they can find me at theaddictionscoach.com. And if they'd like to get a free chapter of I Married a Junkie, they can go to imarriedajunkie.com and give us their email address and we'll send them a free chapter so they can kind of read the story. And if they're interested in classes, give us a call. It's 1-800-706-0318 or they can go to certifiedrecoverycoach.com and sign up on there. Fantastic. Um and I just wanted to add that uh, you are on Facebook. I believe it's Dr. Callie Estes. On, on Facebook, Facebook, yep, Dr. Yep. Callie Estes. Yep. And um, same thing on Instagram and on Twitter. We are at The Addictions Co. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being on. We really appreciate it. Um, and if anybody wants to get in touch with Callie, please do so. Um, she's absolutely amazing. If you couldn't tell from this interview, Uh, maybe speaking with her, get a better understanding of what she does and what she's all about. So that's awesome. Thank you so much, Callie. Awesome. Thank you for having me on. Uh Uh-huh.